Well, good morning. Good to see everybody here today as we enter the dead of summer. I don't know about y'all, July 5th, I'm ready for the fall. Summer's over. Let's move on. But uh, I know I might be in a minority there. It's good to see everybody here today. So yeah, coming up through uh, elementary school and, and into middle school, to, to say that I struggled athletically would be just a bit of an understatement. Uh, it was more like a constant ongoing experience of futility and anxiety and, and failure. And, and if it wasn't enough, I did this to myself all year long throughout the year. I mean, we started off school with football, and by winter we were in basketball, and I rounded out the school year on the bench in baseball. I mean, it was a complete trifecta moving through the the year. And uh, so it was kind of frustrating living that way. But along about eighth grade, I started taking performance-enhancing drugs and found that... No, Kidding. Uh, I did not. I did not do that. But there was a, there was a change. Not not drug induced. Uh, there there was a change, and it started with track and field. But it it I, I don't know if it gave me confidence or just what. But not only physically, but I think mentally, some things began to change, and it was affecting even how I did in other sports. So going into ninth grade, I decided I made the big decision. I'm going to go out for starting quarterback on the football team, and that that's not a joke. Why, why would you look at me and think, oh, clearly he's getting ready to say something funny. So I went out for the starting quarterback on the team, and, and believe it or not, I was awesome. I was incredible. I should have put on clinics all along. I mean, everybody knew I was going to be the starting quarterback. All my friends said, oh, you're going to be the starting quarterback. I, I mean, I, everybody knew it except Coach Smedley. Nobody told Coach Smedley that I was supposed to be the starting quarterback, and so he gave what clearly was my spot what clearly I had earned, he gave that to this other guy named Shannon. Do you know that Shannon went on not only to start ninth grade, he started all the way through high school, and uh, my memory's a little bit vague. I know it was one year. I'm trying to remember if it was two years. He was the starting quarterback at the University of Texas for two years for the Longhorns, and I'm thinking, and I'm better than him. That, that was my position. I, I should be doing that. I mean, the last place I'd want to go to is the University of Texas. But, but that should be my spot. It was unjustly, unfairly taken from me. Did you know if that injustice had not been done in my life, I'd be in the NFL Hall of Fame today? <laughs> now, that's, that's serious right there. That, that, is, that is the truth. You know, if only all injustices we could laugh at and move on from so easily, Right? If only all injustices mostly just turned out to be irrelevant. Listen, we have all been treated wrongly. We've all been treated unfairly. And, and yes, some of those injustices we are able to move on from, right? I mean, there's some, I don't, move on, forget. I, I mean, they're just back there. We, they, they just leave us. They don't, they don't really shape or touch our life anymore. We're, we're able to move on. But, but that's not true for all injustices, that's not true for every single one of us. There are some injustices that just seem to like negatively turn the course of our life, right? There are injustices we have been through that, that, that leave us empty, that, that leave us hurting, maybe even physically in pain. There are injustices that have left some of us with an inability to even trust anybody anymore. 
I mean, that's painful when you can't trust anybody. There's a lot of joy lost in life when you can't trust anybody. And there are injustices that that do that in our lives. Maybe we missed out on a promotion and and all that could have gone with that. Maybe maybe it's worse than that. We lost a job because of of an injustice and unfairness in our lives. And we'll go through a variety of things with that person, that situation, trying to work through that. But, but for some times, that, that, that injustice almost seems to rise up and take on a life of its own. And it lives with us, feeding like a parasite off of our happiness and our, and our well-being. Folks, God knows where you are. He knows what you have been through. And He has a way for you through it. A promise. Let's look today at Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. If you have your Bible with you, and I hope you always do. Romans chapter 12. Open your Bible or maybe you're using a Bible app on your phone and uh, get to Romans 12. It's kind of near, not the end of your Bible, but moving that direction. It's past John, Acts, and then Romans. You get to 1st or 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, you've gone too far. Romans chapter 12. Now our promise is going to be found in verse 19. And it's, it's depending on your translation, you might say it's three words, it's five words. It's, it's literally a phrase. It's short. It's a short, powerful promise. But what I want to do, like I've done with some of the other promises, is I want to back up from the promise and I want to start reading in verse 9. Now, that's a good bit of Scripture we're going to read before we get to the promise. But I think what we're going to find is that while what we're reading is very challenging and very difficult, it's going to be holding on to this promise that enables and empowers what God is calling you and I to to be and to do. So, let's start Romans chapter 12, and I'll begin in verse 9. Don't just pretend to love others. (laughs) That's kind of funny, isn't it? It's like, whoa, God knows I was pretending there. (laughs) Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate. Well, you won't, folks, you'll find a precious few verses in the Bible that actually command hate. And, And this is one of them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. I like that phrase there. I'm reading today from the uh, New Living Translation. Most Sunday mornings I read from the English Standard Version, the ESV, maybe some that you're reading right there actually say, outdo each other in honoring. I I just love that idea. Hey, let's make a game out of it. Let's make a competition. Who can out-honor, out-love the other? I, I, I love the way God says that. Take delight in honoring each other. Verse 11, never be lazy. But work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never. Well, that's a big word, isn't it? Never pay back evil with more evil. Never means your situation is not unique. 
It never means there's not something about your situation and what you've been through and what happened to you that, that God changes the rules and you're allowed to go ahead and respond in like manner, respond with evil. No, it says never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way. Uh, again, another translation actually says, give thought, stop and think through what everyone can see as honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. And, and, here, and here's our promise, I will repay. Three words, I will repay, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil. Look at that, that those, those three words there, but conquer evil. Folks, that's really what this whole passage is about. You and I live in a world that is mean. We live in a world that is unfair. We live in a world that is abusive. We live in a world that is arrogant. And this passage is giving you and I a way to navigate through that and be okay on the other side. It is showing us how we deal with, how we respond to the evil going on around us. I almost think of Romans chapter 12 as the Christian response to getting even. You know, there's something in all of us that wants to get even. We're all in a little bit different place with that emotion. But in all of us, there is a desire. There is, you know, it only takes the right thing before it begins to control our lives. We want to get even. This is the response to that. And we need the right response. Because whether we get even or not, and sometimes we do, right? So, sometimes you get to see their face when it comes back on them. Some, sometimes they get, they get caught. Sometimes it's returned to you. Most of the time not. <laughs> right? In our lives and others' lives, mo most of the time it de the score doesn't ever quite seem to be settled. But, but whether the score is settled or not, the damage to your soul is the same when you head down the road of revenge. Your own soul is damaged. God is not giving us here a hard, kind of crazy assignment in a dangerous world. He's giving us a path to protect ourselves. He's giving us a way to live the Christian life, to show the people around us what it means to follow Christ in a world that is mean, that is unfair, that is unjust. But folks, think about that. Do you want your kids to know that? Do you want your grandkids to know that? Do you want your friends? Do you want people you love? I mean, it sounds like a horrible assignment, but wait a minute, we're all going to deal with it. So God, if you could use my life to show the people around me that I love what it looks like to follow Christ through this kind of world. How you respond to, how you, what does it say here? Conquer evil. Man, I'd just be hoping to put a, a, a blip on the screen with evil, right? Just to make evil pause for a moment. So God says, okay, here, here's, let's, let's do, do this. Out honor. Out honor and out love each other. See what you can do every day in every situation just to out honor. You know, that's a fun way to live if everybody around you is playing the same game, right? I mean, if everybody around me is also trying to see if they can out-honor, out-love me, well, then this is, this is a lot of fun. Is that what's going on in your world? 
You're just bowled over by all the people trying to out-love you, out-honor you? I'm guessing probably not. I mean, we might look at that and say, hey, God, I mean, I know that's probably a right and good thing to do, but it seems like a real way to get taken advantage of. And that's why God says here, just think about all these phrases. Hey, you know what? Let's be patient. When somebody says be patient, what does that mean? Hey, let's just stop for a second. Let's just stop, slow down. Tensions are high, emotions are high, the pain is high. Let's be patient, let's pray. I need God's wisdom, I need God's strength, we need God's mind as we move through this. And let's remember, we serve the Lord. I mean, that's kind of a central phrase right here in the midst of it. We serve the Lord in a good relationship, in a bad relationship, on a good day, on a bad day, uh, in a just and wonderful situation, in a horribly unjust situation, in all of these things. I mean, hey folks, you kind of like want the one principle to walk you through every day, every decision, every relationship. Lord, how do I serve you here? Let that, let that become the question you're asking every day, all day. How do I serve you here? Because that's our challenge. That's our opportunity. And so God says, okay, now that you're ready to serve me, here's what we're going to do. When they curse, you bless. When they do evil, when they do wrong, when they hurt, you think about what good you can do right here. Give thought I love that. Give thought. Stop. That's why we got to be patient. That's why we got to pray. Give thought to what's honorable. I mean, the idea here, folks, is as people watch you and I handle what's going on at work, what's going on on the team, what's going on at school, that people would watch us and say, man, they handle that with such respect, such honor, such wisdom. Give thought. I mean, God wants, God wants the world to see what it looks like when you're following Christ through this. He says, so far as it depends on you, I, I like that. God acknowledges, I can't make a, situ- a situation peaceful. I can't make another person respond in peace. You can't either, can you? But I am responsible. God doesn't hold me accountable for the situation. He doesn't hold me accountable for the other person's response. But he totally holds me accountable for my part. <laughs> that word, my part, that's tricky, isn't it? Have you, ever, have you ever noticed the way your brain works? My brain, I've always done my part. How about you? I've all, there, I, there's never a time I woke up and thought, you know, I think they're doing a lot more in this relationship than I am. I, I really need to pony up to my... No, I've always done my part. Uh, you know, I think we've got this in mind, this idea that everything's 50-50, right? I've got 50% responsibility. They've got 50% responsibility. And when I get up to the 50-yard line... Back up a little bit. I'm a little over. I can stop right here. I'm done. I have done my part. I'm good to go. Now, where are you? That's not what God's saying here. He's not saying get your toes up to the 50-yard line. He's saying you do 110%. You do every single thing that you've prayed about, that you've thought through. You do everything to bring peace to that relationship, peace to that situation, peace to that problem. You do everything. I won't hold you accountable for how they respond. I I won't hold you accountable with whether it produces peace. God knows I can't make that happen, but I am to do 100% because the Christian life is on view in you. 
that's what we're having an opportunity to do here, plus protect our soul. I, I tell you, folks, you, you, you walk through this, and this is not an easy passage. There's hard stuff here. But you could read it maybe in a, in a certain light. Think, Man, this is just, this is so wonderful if it was like in a Hallmark card. This is wonderful if all it is is poetry. This is wonderful if all it is is kind of a neat ideal of how we might all one day act and how we might all one day get along and God just kind of paints this picture of what could be and we get to kind of think about it, pray about it. Maybe every now and then in the right relationship, in the right moment, I'll kind of take a shot at doing one of those things. But that's not what this is. This passage that we just read is not idealism. It's not poetry. It's not a romantic way to look at life. This is our marching orders every single day in every single relationship. There's not one of these things that I'm not to be doing every day in every way I can. Every day, every one of these phrases is to be shaping and guiding how I respond to everything going on in life. And when you start to realize, wait a minute, you expect me to do this? Gosh, isn't it kind of natural to respond to God? Are you crazy? Have you seen what it's like out there, Lord? It's dangerous. I mean, really, that's not real, God. It's not real to live like that. What are we supposed to do? Just let everybody get away with it? While we just all pretend that the raindrops are lemon drops and gumdrops? And God, that's, that's not real. Well, we do question God a lot, don't we? You know, I think on this issue of justice, and I, have, I can't say I've thought through all the different character qualities and values in life, but I think justice is one in which all of humanity, every person in this room, everyone watching by live stream, well, well just everybody on the planet, all seven plus billion of us, we all will dally with times that we actually think we have a higher sense of justice than God. That I have a higher moral code than God has. And because I have a higher moral code, because I have a higher sense of justice, because I've always been just, right? Isn't it interesting? I can look at all the injustices in the world and never throw myself in that pot. Because I, I treat everybody right and fair and good. I've always done what is absolute just. I give you something fun to read this afternoon. Psalm 7. Psalm 7. Write that down. Go home and read it. It, it starts off like a prayer where you say, yeah! Because David is praying that God will bring justice on his enemies. David is praying God will just... Take care of some of the wrong that is out there. And then all of a sudden, David switches gears in one of the most bizarre prayers I struggle with. Gosh, could I pray that? David stops in the middle of that prayer and says, Hey God, if I'm guilty of any of these injustices, then let the consequences I want for my enemies be on me. Now Lord, that's what David said. I don't want nothing to do with that. <laughs> Dude's crazy. I don't know what he was smoking right there. I, this is isn't that interesting? We want justice. And we pretend that we are. And, and, and so as we, as we walk through this, hey, I want, God, I, you know, I can question you, God. I can, where were you? Why didn't you? How couldn't you? And, and we'll start challenging and questioning God on justice because, because we know the standard. We, we have all the understanding on this. You know, it's almost laughable if it just weren't evil of us. 
Listen, folks, God knows we don't live in candy land. God understands the world that we're operating in and what's being called on out there. He's not giving this as, hey, here's some hard things. See if you can do them. And if you hit enough of them, I might let you into heaven. No, no, these commands are for us. They are a way to navigate and maintain our soul. It's, It's how to navigate a mean, hurtful, unfair world and not lose your own soul in the process. Not be so wounded and embittered in the process of walking through that. And so God gives us all these, you know, hey, here's how to do this. You, you be patient. You pray. When they curse, you bless. When they do evil, you do good. Remember, you're serving the Lord and all this. I mean, is it, man, you look at all this, man, this is not hard. I mean, this is hard, Lord. I, you know, I can't do this. But then he gives. Watch this. And this is why I think it's so profound where the promise lands. Because after saying all of that, God then says... I will repay. Don't you hate? The answer is yes. Well, how do you know what I hate? Because we all do. Don't you hate thinking somebody's getting away with it? Don't you, ha- don't you hate when they get the promotion and you know they're turning in false reports? Don't you hate when you watch them, you see them, you hear them lie, and, and, and whoever above, mom and dad, the boss, the teacher, rewards them for it? Man, that burns us up inside, especially if they're getting rewarded over and above us. I hate the thought. We hate the thought of somebody getting away with it. And God says, listen, as you're out there trying to love and do good and be patient, I promise you this, they're not getting away with it. You realize how profound that promise is now for me to read back into all these things he's calling me to do in a mean, unfair world? I will repay. And isn't isn't God the only one who can do that? You know, folks, only God knows all things. Only God knows all the details of a situation. Now, I know you and I often pretend like I know all the details, especially especially when it involves me, especially when I was the victim. I know everything there is to know about this. You and I have never done anything where we know all the details. God knows all the details when he makes a decision. You know what only God can do? Only God can perfectly blend grace and wrath. <laughs> now, now, if it's my enemy, I don't need God to blend grace and wrath. I, I just give him all the wrath, Lord. Save the grace for me. <laughs> but you know, if, if justice, not revenge, if justice is our actual desire, justice does entail this balancing act between knowing where judgment starts and mercy begins, where, where mercy stops and judgment begins. Justice does balance those things perfectly. Do you know that no human being on the planet in human history has ever balanced judgment and mercy perfectly? We always swing too far one direction or the other. Sometimes we swing way too far, but we never hit balance. Only God can do that. And and with his knowledge, with his ability to balance those things, he promises you and he promises me, they're not getting away with it. Justice will be done. I will repay. God promises. Now, here's some hard things. He, He doesn't promise when. I don't know about y'all, but I really wish God say, I will repay and I'll do it within 72 hours. 
Okay, I've got three days. Take your time, Lord, if you could be done by Wednesday. <laughs> no, he, he doesn't promise the timing. And, and I think really, really hard. He doesn't promise I'm going to get to see it. That I'm going to get to enjoy it. And I don't know about y'all, maybe I'm only telling on me. There's sometimes I want to see it. I want to see the surprise on their face. I want to see them hurt. I, I want to see what they look like when they know they're in the wrong and I'm right. And now I'm on top. No, God, he, he, he doesn't promise me that I'll get to see that. He just said, Randy, I promise you this, justice will be done. And I think that promise, that truth is then what gives me, gives you the ability to say, okay, let me look at this Romans 12 again. Because you see, if, if, if justice isn't done, if people get away with it, then why in the world would I bless when they curse? Why in the world would I do good when they do evil? I, I can only do that. I can only attempt to do that when I'm confident that God is saying it all gets squared in the end. Justice will be done. I, I, I think this promise is what, is what enables forgiveness. I think this promise is what enables us to maintain a smile. Not a plastic fake. I'm a Christian, so I'm happy in the midst of everything. Fall. No, I'm, I'm talking about real smile, real joy in the midst of wrongdoing and evil going on around us. It's what, it's what gives us the ability to take on this life. Now, a couple of, not a couple of questions. One question I think it gets asked in several ways. Whenever we're talking about looking at passages that deal with loving and forgiving and loving and blessing our enemies and turning the other cheek, th these kinds of passages, you know what I'm talking about? I, I, I think it's in the midst of these we end up asking questions like, so does that mean I just stay there and get abused? Does that, does that mean I stay there in an unsafe place? Does that mean we let a crime continue to go on? Does that mean we just look the other way when we know policies and lies are, are, are po policies being broken or lies are flourishing? We just, I'm a Christian, so I just don't, I don't care about any of that. God, God promised he'd take care of it all one day. Is, is that what that means? And the answer is no, 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 no. No, I think what it means is you and I are very careful and we don't trust ourselves. Don't, don't trust yourself that justice is your pure motive and revenge is not. I think we means we guard against anger, we guard against bitterness, we guard against revenge. But folks, there are, there are times that when things are being done, listen, I don't want my being a Christian to enable wrongdoing. I, I don't want, because I'm, I'm leaving it to the Lord, that, that that is going to allow the possibility, if not the probability, that somebody else is going to become a victim to, to the same thing I was a victim of. That's not what God is calling us to do here. You know what's interesting? Right after all this discussion uh, uh, about handling injustice and unfairness and meanness in the world in Romans 12, you turn the page and there's Romans 13 that introduces us to the government. And you know what God says the primary purpose of government is? Justice. It's to catch people who are doing wrong and bring them to justice. And I would expand beyond, and I'm not going to do it right now, but we go to a lot of other passages. It's not just government, it's really authority. God has put authority figures in place to make sure that justice is done. And so there are times guarding our motives 
We go to mom and dad. We go to the coach. We go to the teacher, the boss. We go to the police and we say, hey, are you aware of? Do you know this is going on? And I think once we've done that, since our real faith is not in the person or, or the institution, our faith is in God, we're able to communicate it and leave it. And that's important to work through because in this room right now, there are people for whom only a small portion of your problem is the injustice that was done to you. What's really caused the pain in your life is how inappropriately the people who were supposed to love you, protect you, provide for that justice didn't. We went to mom and dad. We went to the coach. I did go to the police. I did go to the boss. And I lost my job. And I tell you what, it's one thing to deal with an injustice. But, but when the things surrounding are supposed to bring that and don't, now we're dealing with real deep pain, aren't we? Our faith is not in the tools for justice. Our faith is in God. And he's promised, whether we see it on this earth or not, whether it happens by one of these humans or human institutions, whether it happens by those or not, our faith never stops ultimately being in God's promise that he will repay. And and, and folks, isn't that the safest place to leave it? By the way, do you notice he said, vengeance is mine? When you and I walk into the room of revenge, he's basically saying, get out. This isn't your room. You don't belong in here. Get out. Vengeance is mine. It's not yours. That's kind of hard, Lord. Why would we argue with that? I mean, really, do we as individuals... Do we as humanity, do we have a great track record with justice? Not at all. Oh, so you realize every injustice ever committed in humanity, ever committed in human history, is taking place today. There's not one injustice on a family level, a work level, a national level. There's not one injustice we've solved. Not one I mean, that's a horrible track record, isn't it? We have not solved as human beings one single injustice. Oh yeah, we've, we've stopped it in some places. We've cleaned it up in some places. It's not as bad as it could be. It's not as bad as it's been. But it's flourishing over here. Not one injustice have we fixed in human history. Every injustice that has ever happened is happening today. Why would we trust ourselves with evening the score? Especially when God has made a promise. I will do this. I will repay. You know, I know someone here say, you know what, I, I believe that and I want to believe it and I, I, I want to let go of that. I just, I just can't. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can start by stop lying to yourself that you can't. Because we looked at a promise a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? That said we can. Philippians 4.13. I can, you can do all things. What all things? Hit the winning basket? Maybe. But for sure the all things is all the things God's called me to be. All the things that God has called me to do. Folks, Romans 12 is a good representation of everything God's called you to be. And everything God's called you to do. And you can do it. Stop telling yourself you can't 
and start relying on the strength of Christ. And it's not something, it's not a prayer you do one time. You do it every single day. God, today, give me the strength to bless when they curse. God, give me the strength, give me the wisdom today to know what good I respond to in the face of that evil. God, give me the strength to rightly and appropriately handle that, report that, draw boundaries on it, but continue to be a person of peace and honor and love. Every day we depend upon Christ for strength for that. And we can do it. And as we step out there to do it, we do it with the promise that God has given us. They're not getting away with anything. I will repay. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to lift up in prayer those in the room right now, maybe those watching through the live stream, that right now at this moment are enslaved and are entrapped by where they've been attacked. They're enslaved to that injustice that, that landed in their life, sometimes for some of us, Lord, years and years ago. And it has shaped us into anger and bitterness. We can't hardly enjoy anything without ending up back at that injustice. God, I would pray for them healing. God, I would pray for them that you would release them from the bondage of that injustice and that pain. Lord, I pray that maybe they would realize that the first step to healing is confessing. Not, not the wrongdoer's sin, but our own sin. That we've taken vengeance when it wasn't ours to take. Even if it only stayed inside of us. We have chosen to live in anger and bitterness. We've chosen not to trust you. We've chosen not to follow the, 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 the navigation, the map that you've given us for working through this. We've chosen not to find strength in Christ. God, we confess to you our sin that we deal with a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, and never once cling to your promise. God, would you forgive us of that sin? Quicken our faith. Build in us a faith. Strengthen our faith. And God, whatever injustice we see this week, may we realize it gets squared away. It gets paid for. No one's getting away with anything. And perhaps then, Father, we begin to look at even our aggressor with compassion because we realize they're the one that's entrapped, enslaved in their sin and have no other way to act. And without the grace of God, they'll have to pay for something they can't pay. And maybe that begins to form the words. Maybe the words don't even come out. Maybe they don't even hear the words, but I'm able to utter them in my own heart and life. Words of prayer. Words of prayer for that person's salvation. Words of prayer for that person's healing and that the, the bondage of sin could be broken in their life. Oh God, I just think of what this promise opens up so many possibilities. Gosh, this isn't a threat. This is the greatest news of all. Justice will be done. It's in Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Amen.